he's dropping the fire right where he's at this morning. And you know what's interesting about that is I was thinking about Pastor Butch and Susan this morning and just about how one man and one woman can influence a whole region when they stand in their calling and they stand burning on fire for God. Y'all remember Moses in the burning bush? Well, when I was 26, wrong. <laughs> Somebody was touching my booty. I was like, what the? <laughs> so, so when I was 26, I saw two people and it was such a strange appearance to see a man and a woman burn for Jesus the way that they did. It affected and it influenced my life. And I can tell you today, I am who I am because of the DNA that they imparted into me. And I'm just going to say this to you this morning. It's in you too. And uh, I pray that as I'm preaching today, I see some people burning in this house today. Amen. So I just want to honor Pastor Butch and Susan. And uh, I want to go to the Lord in prayer. I heard uh, Brother Rodney say something. He said, you know... This, this ministry of ours, he said, really our secret and every minister's secret is this. We know we are nothing. The moment that we think we're anything, that's when we're going to crumble. And so I got to pray before we start because I know I'm nothing without Jesus. And I don't want you guys to see me. I want you to see Jesus today. Amen. So Father, we thank you today for this day. We know and believe that today is a divine appointment with your mercy, your grace, and your power. And God, I pray today that you're going to do something in us, just like Rachel said earlier, that's going to be new. God, wreck us today. Cause us to change, Lord, into the image of your son, Lord. We yield to you, God, this morning. And God, we say, have your way. In this place today, have your way in us. I pray that you would break through every barrier, every mindset, and every stronghold that the enemy has limited our resources from flowing from heaven and to people. Today is a new day. We declare it before heaven that the enemy is not going to keep us from our divine call and the impact that we are called to to this region. So God, we pray today is a new day in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Everybody say this with me. Say, I am a soul winner. I can share my faith. I can preach the gospel. That's why I was born. And that's what I'm going to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today I'm going to be ministering out of two passages of Scripture. We're going to be talking to you out of Revelations chapter 12 and verse 17 and the book of Acts chapter 16, verses 13 through 15. So if you have your Bibles, let's crack them open and let's get right into the Word. How many of y'all know the Word will sustain you? The Word is life, man. And when we grab a hold to that word and we become one with that word, the devil can do us nothing because God puts a sword in our hands that will overcome every obstacle that's in our way. Revelation chapter 12, verse 17. This is one of my favorite scriptures and the Lord really inspired me and showed me really what the war is all about. 
what we go through on a daily basis as believers, as the church of Jesus Christ, all comes down to this scripture right here. Verse 17, it says, and the dragon, how many of y'all know who the dragon is? Satan, the devil. And the dragon was enraged. Enraged means rage to the 12th power, right? The, the other scripture says the dragon was wroth. It's like being mad without limits, without capacity. And the dragon was enraged with the woman. The woman in this passage of scripture is talking about the historic, the historical church. All the way back from Abraham, the Hebrews, Israel, all the way up to the new covenant with Peter and the new church, uh, the mother Mary, and even the church today, the born again believers, that's you and I today. And the woman, he was enraged with the woman and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring. You see, I am the offspring. You are the offspring of the church, the body of Christ. We are the offspring of Jesus Christ. Amen. Watch this. Who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Do you have the testimony of Jesus Christ today? So watch this. The other version says who, who have the holiness of God. So I want to tell you today, the war that you face on a daily basis comes down to two elements, your holiness and the testimony of Jesus Christ in your life. Now let me show you something real quick. If the devil, if he cannot tempt you, to go back to sin, if he can't take away your holiness, which is your purity, which is your power, here's what he's going to do. And the scripture says right here, it says, and he went to make war. Man, I looked that word up in the Greek and I was astounded at the meaning of it. The first word in the Greek definition for that word war was bustle. B-U-S-T-L-E. It's where we get the word hustle and bustle. And I started thinking, if the devil can't take our holiness, he'll make us busy. Are we a society today, a church today that is nonstop and you feel like you can't catch your breath because you go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing and you say, God, is, am I ever going to get off of this merry-go-round? I'm just telling you right now, that's the end time war. That's the apocalyptic uh, uh, warfare that we're dealing with right now is that the devil wants to make us so busy that we're ineffective. Are you here? <laughs> Who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. The title of my message today is, there's a war for your witness. There is a war on your witness. Okay? What you deal with, let me just tell you, a lot of times we think, right? A lot of times we think, what is wrong with me? 
But we need to change that and say, when I'm going through hell, what is right with me? What, what is right with me? Because there's a war going on around because the devil can't stand to see me because when he looks at me, he sees the expression of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost in my life. What is right with me? Y'all say that with me. What is right with me? That's what the devil don't want you to hear. He wants you to think something's wrong with you. He wants to think that you sin. He wants to think that you're never going to recover from the thing. He wants to think that God doesn't love you. He wants us to think when we're in warfare that we don't measure up, that, we're, that God has forgotten about us. No, 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 no. What you have in you is greater. I'm telling you right now, what you have in you right now is the testimony of Jesus Christ. And it's a flaming sword. And the devil knows it. He knows it. So what he does is he comes and throws the garbage at us. And you know, we're, we're called, guys. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says we're called to be witnesses, man. We're called to be a witness. That's what all of this is about. That's why we come and get connected to God, get refreshed. And watch this. We come into a service like this, like this morning, and I could hear God literally saying, I am the God that restores. Wow. Because, you know, I've been fighting some devils this week. I need some restoration this morning. You know what I'm talking about? Thank you, Lord. I got it. I got it. Devil's attacking my family. I got it. Devil's attacking my finances. He's the God that restores. And you know the preaching of the gospel. When we go and we preach the gospel. My daughter was telling me a story about she went to school and she was like, she was telling this other little girl about Jesus. And she said, as she started talking about Jesus, she said the little girl just went. Froze up didn't say a word, wouldn't even talk to her face, said she just got up and got a plate and went somewhere else and sat down. Girl wouldn't even respond because there's an undercurrent in the world, okay? There's an undercurrent because people's flesh, listen to me now, and the way the world system is set up, do not want to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. They've created their own version of God. And so for you to preach the gospel in a sense, Okay, listen to me. In a sense, it's going against the grain, okay? In a sense, against the flesh grain. But let me say this to you. What they don't want is what they need. It's part of them don't want to hear it, but it's meant for their heart. It's not meant for their mind. You preach the gospel no matter what. Don't let culture influence you. Don't let what your mind is telling you. is going, to, And don't let the way the person looks influence you. Or the circum, because I'm telling you, many a times, that's the setup of God in your life. You know, we live in a world where evil's being called good, and good's being called evil. They have gone as far as to say now, because everything is terrorists and hate groups, and you know that's what what they're putting out. Now they're saying that evangelicals, your fault that I'm all messed up today. I'm just saying, your fault. Aussie creatures all around. Anyway, that, that song messed me up, man. God, were y'all in the throne room on that song? Or what? Jeez. 
That's when the Lord started speaking to me on that song. But so the world now, they are labeling evangelicals. What's an evangelical? Anyone that came from the Lutheran or the Protestant movement, the non-denominational church. Now we're being called, watch this, terrorists. We're on the terrorist list, right? Like I just read that article and I thought to myself, they finally got it. We are terrorists. We are, we're going to terrorize the kingdom of darkness. We're going to terrorize the wrong mindset. We're going to terrorize the hurt and the pain that people are going through. And we're going to bring an usher in healing into people's lives. If you could see people in the spirit realm, if we could look behind the veil, it would mess us up. People are bound. They are chained. They don't know how to get out. And here's the deal. The church is walking around with the keys to unlock them. And they're all bound up. And guys, I got to just tell you today, the church, the universal church, is ineffective. They're, we're ineffective. Listen to me. If we were effective, every seat in this house would be. Is there room for us to grow? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's me included here. Okay, I'm preaching to myself. Sometimes I get sad, I just preach myself out of sadness. All right? Sometimes I get mad, I preach myself out of madness. You know, you can do that, right? So we're ineffective, guys. Listen to me. We got to grow. You know, I, how many of y'all know Gene Mills? Gene Mills is with the Louisiana Family Forum. He's an amazing man of God. He is standing up against devils I ain't never, I ain't never looked at before. These are devils in government. These are the ones that are really moving at a level that is just unprecedented, changing our culture. And Gene is standing in the face of, of, of these politicians with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's, what, that's his sword, y'all, the gospel of what's right. And he, he came here and preached a few years ago, and he made a statement, I never forgot it. He said this, he said, the world, the world is mass, are masters of communication, masters, but yet they have nothing to say. He said, the church has everything to say, but yet is silent. Isn't that a problem? Does that sound like a problem? We have the keys, but yet, what are we doing with them? That's what I want to talk about this morning. There is truly a war on our witness. There is truly a war against us to not preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what it all comes down to, man. And the devil is even veiling the church for what's our divine inheritance. Because what you don't know, most people, don't realize is that okay so there's four pillars as a believer the word prayer evangelism and fellowship if you lack one of those you're going to be sick spiritually if you lack one of those four you're going to be sick spiritually and you know which one is lacking the most evangelism people have bought into a lie that they're not called to that let me just say this God gave us a mouth for a reason. He gave us a mouth to talk. The Bible calls us ministers 
of reconciliation. And we live in a culture today, guys, we've got to shift our thinking, okay? The church has to shift the way we think. You know, there's many corporations today, like uh, I just saw Walmart, they're, they're kind of getting busy with, you know, some agendas that are just anti-God, anti-constitutional. Um, Amazon, uh, Starbucks, you know, they have come out and literally said, if you believe in traditional marriage, we don't even want you to come shop and get our coffee, right? And most believers, let me tell you what they're going to say. Well, fine, I'm not going in there. I'm boycotting my 59 cents a week to Starbucks. Or, well, coffees are like three fifty-nine. Yeah, that was the corner store for 59 cents. Yeah, 559. But let me say this to you. Your 559 is like less than a, a mite to them. We got to think about this thing different, man. We got to put on the lens of God's mercy and love and compassion. I go into Starbucks because I'm looking to tell somebody about Jesus. I'm looking to get the little cashier saved so she can tell her manager about Jesus and what just happened to her so she can tell the corporate manager about what just happened to tell the regional manager what, hey, I just received Jesus Christ so she can go tell corporate, hey, there's a God and his name is Jesus and you need to serve him. That's how it works. Man, I was in Starbucks the other day, man, and like, I, this one guy, and I, I know he's like practicing an alternate lifestyle, would you say that? And his name, his name is Joe, right? But not J-O-E, it's J-E-A-U-X. I was like, dude, I love it! And I just worked off of that to bring it around, to, to, to present him the love of God. And right there in the drive-thru, I just grabbed his hands. Let me pray for you. You got to do that. That's the pastor book. You just grabbed the hands. And boy, I grabbed his hands. I just started. Boy, when I tell you that joker was so uncomfortable, I don't care. The Jesus I carry needs to make somebody uncomfortable. We don't need to be the ones that's uncomfortable for what we're preaching. They need to be the ones uncomfortable because they're living a lifestyle of sin. Now, I'm not judging anybody. That's not how I'm coming at people. Now, we'll speak the truth, but I'll start with love. And when they say, what must I do to repent? Then I'm going to tell them the truth. Because, you know, the Bible says it's the love of God that draws a man to repentance. Okay? But at that point, if you don't make a decision to die to yourself and change your mind, you are not going to be converted and not going to be saved. My Bible says, preach the gospel to every preacher. To, to every preacher. Preachers too. To every person. <laughs> Preach the gospel to every person, right? Okay, Chris, how did I meet you? What, what was I telling you? Yeah, right. And then watch this. This is how good God is. Like, I go up to Chris. I don't even know Chris. But, like, I'm in the gym, and I'm, I'm like, I'm on, a, I'm on a lookout. I'm looking for somebody to tell. I go in there looking for people, right? And so Chris is in there. I was like, I ain't never saw this dude. We got fresh meat right here. <laughs> And so I said, Chris, I didn't know his name. I said, hey, man. And so I started sharing my testimony. And literally, Chris is looking at me like, who is this dude? <laughs> like, hey, like he was like, man, this dude is weirding me out. But I kept on. And then now Chris and I 
are like good friends. He's, he helped me at the flip house. He's been helping me at the flip house. And it's just like a divine connection. And here he is in church this morning because I witnessed to him in the gym. That's how it works, man. That's how it works. That's good, two hallelujahs. You know, I don't believe that a Christian that has been saved from hell, this is my personal belief. Every single one of us in here that are born again, you have been saved from hell. That's a gift from God. And if I keep that gift to myself, woe is me. Well, I'm not called to that. Let's see how that's going to fly when you get up to heaven. And you talking to Jesus face to face. Like really, I, I, I tremble inside thinking to myself, Lord, I don't want to miss one soul winning opportunity because I know one day I'm going to be face to face with you. And I want to know in my heart that I did everything I could to win as many people to you as possible. And you know, it really, honestly, what I struggle with the most if, if I can just be candid and honest, I struggle with selfishness. I'm just selfish sometimes, and I don't want to witness. I'm into my feelings. How many of y'all ever been in your feelings, right? I'm going through it, right? Things ain't lining up, right? I know where I'm at. I know whether I'm backsliding or if I'm, ta or if I'm growing in God. Because if I'm growing in God, I'm sharing my faith. If I'm not sharing my faith, I'm just talking personally here. If I'm not telling others about Jesus, I am backsliding. That's for me. I know that. Because when the fire is on me and the power of God is surging through me and I'm in faith and I'm, and I'm taken and I have an expectation of good, I tell everybody about Jesus. But when I believe the lie of the enemy for my own personal life, my mouth shuts up. Why is that? Why is that? There's a war on your witness, and it's real. And I'm telling you, there is two sides, the dark realm and the, the realm of God that are not playing games about this gospel that blood was shed for. God paid everything. I remember one day I was in um, Planet Fitness in Denham Springs, I was working out during the flood and I was in there and like on my way to the gym I was already wrestling in my mind Lord I'm not witnessing to nobody today like I'm going to get my workout in I'm running late for an appointment I got this issue going on on the job I'm angry because things aren't running right on my crew it don't make sense God you're a God of order that's what I'm saying in my mind you know like I'm justifying and reasoning this thing out so I get into Planet Fitness right and so the more I'm in there, I'm, 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 it's like I'm getting madder by the moment. You know, you know, if you're mad, you're not in the will of God, right? The Bible says you can be angry and say, no, I get that, but I'm just talking about me. And so I'm in there, and man, I see these two guys. Both of these guys, one guy's like six foot five, the other guy's like six foot five and a half. Huge guys, right? And I'm like, I'm like hitting them. And they're like right on that the little next thing right there, and I'm doing it and and I look at him and my heart it's like if 
if you can see my spirit in my bottom going like I'm going towards him and, and I'm like I like I didn't even finish my set I said look no God I'm not witnessing to him and I'm, I'm not kidding you I walked away and I saw this was God but my heart burned in me God will give you impulses toward people that he wants you to share with his love his gospel your testimony it, you will feel a pull inside of you and listen guys listen to me it's not just because I'm an evangelist that's not why most people say well well you're that's your calling no read the scriptures Ephesians says the gift of the evangelist is to equip the church my job is to empower and equip the church my witness is something completely different I'll come straight out of the anointing and go out and witness and fall flat in my face flat on my face it's two different things you got to know we're all called to be a witness every one of us is called do you know there is a there is I just I just read this Lifeway put a survey out and they said out of the evangelical church 80% of Christians believe it is their responsibility to share their faith 80% of the church believe that but only 39% actually now watch this 39% in the course of six months tell one person about Jesus are you, are you hearing what I'm saying now this ain't like a secular survey this is Lifeway the Christian bookstore that put this survey out 39% of the church in the course of six months tell one person about Jesus that's the problem with the church in America right now that's the problem we've been lied to we have fallen under a spell and it's not right and I'm gonna just tell you I've been under it myself and I, I'm not throwing rocks at anybody in this place I won't throw it at myself first right so I'm in the gym and I see these guys right and I've I've come to the decision I am not gonna witness these guys I'm not and like my mouth is shut I don't know if any of you have ever experienced that but there are moments and times I can't even feel like I can open my mouth to preach Jesus to people and that was one of those days and and all of a sudden man I see this woman coming at me she got off the treadmill and like I'm and I'm like trying to like what is like I could tell she's looking at me man and she's she's beeline and tell me man and she comes to me and she kind of she kind of confronts me and she says do you remember me and I'm like no no I don't think so I was like really it really scared me man like I felt very super I, I was the one feeling awkward and she said you and your wife prayed for me I'm the girl that works at Express in Gonzales Gonzales we're in Denham Springs right all the way on the other side of the world she says you're the guy that prayed you and your wife prayed for me and she says, since you prayed for me, I quit my job, I got back with my husband, and I'm going to church. Glory to God! Wow! All of a sudden, that well in me just came out. I was like, where's those guys? Where them guys at? Lord, because I'm dealing with this thing in my head. God, I ain't doing nothing right for your kingdom. I'm going through this like I'm a failure. Nobody's getting saved. Nothing's happening. Why all these preaching and teaching? Where's the fruit, Lord? And then, boom, this woman comes up to me. And my God, God knows how to encourage you, huh? 
I'm wondering if God just translated her from Gonzales to Denham Springs and said, look, boy, I'm calling you to be a witness. I'm calling you to share your faith. So I grabbed the courage. Like, at that point, you don't even need courage. I mean, like, it just changes the whole dynamic of the person. So God knew how to encourage me. And so the little witness awakened in me. And so I went and found those guys, man, and I walked up to them. And I just hit them with the, with the question, have y'all heard that God loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life? That's what I started with. 30 minutes later, I'm praying for these boys, biggins. I'm talking some big ones. I like them big. <laughs> Tim, put that picture of Justin Henderson up. This is Justin right here, number 78. It was him and his brother, John, that I prayed for, but it was Justin that God had me on assignment for. And guys, I almost did not witness to this guy. I came this close. God was after this man. And just, look how, see him in the gray to the left with his family and then with all the kids on him. And then this is him on the right. And after I witnessed, we had this encounter, he was just drawn to me, man. And we were just texting back and forth. And he was just telling me, man, I just need to be around people like you. And, and he kept saying the energy that's on you, the energy. You know, because like lost people, they don't know what they call it. Like, you know, he's like, there is an, a positive energy. I need, hey, can I come around your people? I said, you, yeah, come around my people. You, there's more of us like this right here. <laughs> I'm Paquito, right? And so, but I knew he was wrestling. I knew he was like, it was deep, y'all. I didn't, you know, I knew he was fighting, but I didn't know he was fighting at the level he was fighting at. And so I had to call his parents uh, Wednesday, I think it was, to ask them if I could share this story. Is, is his dad in the house by any chance? Okay, I didn't know if he was going to come. But anyway, I had to call his dad, and his dad said, yeah, share the story. I want you to share it. I want you to share it everywhere. What I didn't know was Justin was contemplating suicide and had been for years. And here's a text message that he sent me. So I had been asked, inviting him to church. How many of y'all know it's real? You got to follow up on what, what, what you initiate. This is a real deal. So he says, can you send me the address and what time? So I sent him, I was like, highway one, you got to hit a little, you know, good, like cool talk. So I hit the, can you come, you can come chill by me. Chill, chill, you know, chill. Like I'm so old, I can't even relate anymore. You can come chill by me tomorrow. Church starts at 10. And he's like, yes, sir, thank you. I do work tonight. He was working in a bad, bad place, y'all, like in a ballroom. So if I don't make it, don't be disappointed. I'm doing my best trying to get a new job. So it won't even be a problem or excuse to not be there. God was dealing with his heart. I'll probably ask a friend or try and bring a sibling or two so I have someone to make sure I'm up in time. His dad called me two weeks later and said Justin took his life. He said, I found, your, I found these text messages on his phone. And his dad was crying on the phone with me and was just weeping that he said we were praying that someone would talk to Justin about Jesus. And he says, you don't know the comfort. He said, it's like the balm of Gilead over me and my wife. 
that you were at that place and God was ministering to him at that moment. The love of God was reaching out to him and it was like the soothing aroma over their family that Justin was actually talking and they even prayed with me and everything, you know, and it was just, that's why we share our faith. You don't know what people are going through. We don't know if it's the last time we're going to ever see them. This is why it's important. People are fighting for their life, and there is a real enemy that is trying to kill them, to steal their life and destroy their life. But we are the answer. We have the answer to share with them, to, to encourage them. And, and, you know, I attribute some of this connection, not, and this is just me taking my part, just being so busy, just being so busy, I couldn't be like, hey, hey, man, let's go, let's meet for coffee. Let me, let me, let me take some time out of my day and come. So I got to evaluate my own self in this and, and say, you know what? You know, this is, this is, I got to take my part. What's my part? I should have been more aggressive. I should have been more discerning. Why? Because that's, that's what we are. We're spiritual beings, right? So I want to give you four reasons why people don't share their faith. Four quick reasons why people struggle to share their faith. Uh, number one, number one reason is you can't give what you don't have, okay? And this is what I mean. If you're not saved, you can't give Jesus to someone else because it doesn't, it doesn't work like that, right? Okay, the Bible says the seed of God lives in us. We cannot continue in sin but when the power of God, when we've been born again, then I'm not saying somebody in the world couldn't share Jesus and somebody gets saved, but it normally doesn't work like that, okay? It's normally coming from someone who's been born again, sharing to someone that doesn't know. Now, all you need to do is be born again. I'm telling you, I have seen youth on a Friday night get saved and on Saturday morning going in the trailer park knocking on doors and telling people about Jesus. Isn't that amazing? This guy came Friday night, went to St. John and Plaquemine, and boom, God touches him, hit, hits him. The dude's like, oh my God, what is this? I'm like, dude, you just got born again. This is amazing. He's like, when y'all going so winning, I want to come. I want to come. Like, I'm like, oh, I love that fresh fire. And man, this dude was knocking on doors, man, he was telling everybody about Jesus until a 300-pound naked lady opened the door. And that messed him up. I never saw him again. I, I'm not kidding you. He, we never saw him again after that. That's a true story. I'm not making that up. This really happened. You remember that, John? And then another time, we were doing an LSU outreach. And that was in a riverboat trailer park right over there. Just... All right, all right, moving, moving past. I put bad images in everybody's mind. Lord, erase that in Jesus' name. All right. All right, let me put another image in your mind. So we're on LSU campus outreach, and uh, George Latchley, a guy that used to come to this church, an amazing soul winner, guys. Y'all, am I popping? All right, so... Amazing soul winner. This guy was so amazing. He would come back. We'd be like, your soul goal for the day on the outreach is like 25. He, and we'd be like, hey, George, how many you got? 70. Yeah. I was like, how you do that? He's like, I get those 10 packs. Yeah. I said, 10 packs? 
I was still struggling in my faith like that. I'm like three or four maybe, but 10? God, God. And so anyway, he witnesses this guy. He witnesses. All right, y'all, that's going to stop. This guy walking on the floor of heaven. What you say, Willis? What you talking about, Willis? All right, you better watch out. The Kung Fu evangelist is here. All right, so so he tells this guy, right? This guy's this guy's drinking beer on Nicholson Drive, getting ready for the LSU game, and George goes up to him, shares his faith with the guy prays with him. He gets saved. He threw his beer away and came with us on the outreach and started telling other people about Jesus. I'm like, oh my God, that's so amazing. Were you on that outreach? You remember that? You were there too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Faith and um, Angelina, they, they led 12 people to the Lord on that outreach. I remember that. LSU outreach. You can't give what you don't have. But let me take it a step further. You can be born again, and you ain't living Jesus. You ain't going to give what you don't have. You got jacked up on the game last night. That's about all you're going to be able to give out of your soul. You know what I'm saying? I ain't, I love Y'all know I love football. I ain't talking about football. I mean, you, you live in South Louisiana. You love Jesus and football, right? So... But, uh, like, so whatever's in you is what's going to come out of you. Number two, can't get what you don't. This is why people don't share their faith. Number two, I love Jesus, fear. This is probably the number one reason right here why people don't share their faith. Fear of failure. Fear of I'm going to look stupid. What are they going to think about me? Really? Come on. Y'all, like, Nobody's like gonna murder us for sharing our faith. I really have come to the place I would rather I would rather be concerned what he thinks about me than what other people think about me Because I got to go back home in my prayer closet with him. You know what I'm saying everywhere I go He's with me. It's like living with your wife. You mess up. I mean you where you gonna go. You know what I mean? Fear And really honestly the fear of the Lord overcomes the fear of man and I heard pastor preaching on he's like people don't walk in the fire of God because they don't have the fear of the Lord on their life and inadvertently you stay stuck what if what if your breakthrough is in your witness what if your breakthrough your personal breakthrough that you've been believing for is in your witness and what do I mean by that is the devil works over time to stop you resist you and keep you from moving forward in your personal life but when you start sharing your faith I'm telling you you grabbing onto a sword the Bible says that the Word of God is a sword and when you put your testimony on it it's like a flaming sword and I'm telling you every demon that's been working against your life will have to go and run from the sword of God in your hand. Fear. Number three, identity. Identity. In the book of Philemon, it says that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good gift that is in you in Jesus Christ. So if you don't know who you are, I mean, one of the devil's biggest things is I, that you know you're not worthy 
You're not worthy. Who do you think? That's for the preachers. That's for the lead. Man, that is such a lie. Man, I wasn't a leader or a preacher when I started sharing my faith. I was just a, I was just serving, cleaning toilets, cleaning floors, man. I started telling people about Jesus right there. And let me just say this with you. It, the fear is always there. Like, it, it, ne- it never leaves. Like, there's always that little backdrop of what if, you know, in the back of my mind. But I got to remember, and I got to be conscious of who lives in me. It's not me. It's him. Number four, four reasons why we don't share our faith. Mike, I think you can relate to this one. Number four, the cares of this world. I heard you say that, man, and I got a revelation. When you was talking about the seed and the sower and the cares of this world, is one it's probably my biggest reason my biggest resistance that I deal with on a personal everyday basis why I don't share my faith is because I got too much stuff to do and from that will come worry anxiety will come a disposition that is not a faith or you're hearing me and you'll come under that thing the cares of the world are real and it will take, you know, the moment I get free time, when somebody, when we get away and I just, I don't have any burdens or responsibilities on my life, the first thing that comes to me is I start wanting to share my faith again. That says something. All right. I want to read another passage of scripture. One of the greatest examples of a soul winner was Paul the apostle. He was amazing. And in Acts chapter 16, verse 13, Acts chapter 16, verse 13 through 15, you're going to see here how Paul led someone to the Lord. The Bible says in verse 13, And the Sabbath day we went out of the city to the riverside, where prayer was customarily made, and we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. Can you turn my mic up a little bit, Mr. Paul? Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshiped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. I don't know if on any outreach I had anybody ever say that to me. You know that? but that's what we're working towards. So I want to give you four practical steps that's in this passage of scripture for you to be a great soul winner in your environment, in your circle of influence. Four easy steps to sharing your faith practically. Everybody say practically. Number one, I learned this word from, not that I didn't know this word, but your husband one day said this word to me. He says, hey man, you were intentional. And it just got into my spirit. And so in this passage of scripture, you'll see in verse 13 that Paul was intentional. It says, and on the Sabbath day, what did it say? We went out. He was intentional about going out. I'm telling you, if you are not intentional about sharing your faith with other people, you will not do it. If you're waiting for a divine appointment to happen and you're waiting for God to just, now I'm not saying God doesn't do that because he does. 
but chances are you're going to be in that six-month category with the rest of the 39% of the people, okay? I like what Smith Wigglesworth said, if the Holy Spirit's not moving, I move the Holy Spirit by my faith. Okay, and so sometimes when you carry an intentional posture, what it does is it draws the Holy Spirit to you. If you wake up every day and say, Lord, I'm going to share my faith with someone today. Guess guess what happens? The Holy Ghost hovers around you and he starts looking with you for that person. I'm telling you, that's where it happens, right there. you got to be intentional in your heart. And listen, it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be very, very simple. I was The other day I was at, uh, I was by the Tanger Mall in Gonzales, and a guy broke down in the middle of the road. And I pulled my truck around the Shell Station and just got out the truck. I ran out in the road because he was out there trying to push it by himself. And I started helping him push. I was all in my dress clothes and everything, but who cares, right? Because I got a mission. I'm going to be intentional right here. I got a mission. Guess what? I'm meeting him at his need, right? The easiest way to share your faith is when a person has a need. So I start pushing, and I look to my right, and then there's a woman who must have just came out of the nail place because she had these little cushions, like, right between her toes, and I'm like, you kidding me? She's in flip-flops with her hair on, and she's on the side of me pushing the truck. And then all of a sudden, another guy comes, and he starts pushing the truck. And, man, before you know it, we got, like, this whole team of people out there pushing the truck. And so when we finally get him to his destination, he, uh, he was like, oh, man, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Listen. I'm not about to receive thanks without telling you why I helped you. There's a, you don't understand who I used to be. You'd have just been pushing by yourself before. There's a reason I got out of my truck, got off my mission to go to New Orleans to come and help you, right? And his name is Jesus. And I spoke it right there with about four or five people around. And then the girl goes, Holly, with the toes, you know, with all the little things. She's like, hallelujah. And then the guy right next to me is like, okay. (laughs) And so what I wanted to do in that occurrence, so I witnessed to the guy, but in my spirit, I knew he wasn't ready to receive. But I wanted him to know this happened because of Jesus. Do you see that? So I shared my faith with that man. No, I didn't lead him through a prayer, but I tagged Jesus to my hands and feet. Are you hearing me? You got to be intentional. I just put jumper cables in my truck. I got a fairly new truck, so I don't need them for myself. But somebody on the road is going to need a jump. Right? You do that, Jay? So when I see somebody that needs help, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to pull over. I'm going to whip my jumper cables out. I'll be like, dude, I'm here, man. And many times I don't say nothing to the end. I'll just, I'll just do it right in front of them, and I'll just serve them with the heart of Christ. And what I'm doing is I'm building my pulpit for later. I'm earning the right to be able to share my faith with that person. You can carry bottles of water in your vehicle. You see roadmen on the road. Stop and get out in the road and say, hey, man, Jesus loves you. 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 And then you get to one, you'll be like, 
Jesus love you. And then all of a sudden, something comes on you, and you don't know what it is. But what you find out is that guy's grandmother had been praying for him, and you were the messenger that happened to get in the rays of God, and boom, all of a sudden, you witnessing it. Now, one guy out of ten, and he was your assignment. I'm telling you, that's what happens. I will conversate until the point that I hit the well. And then when I hit the well, I know God's all over this one right here. And you see, that we, we have to be, that's what's called being a fisher of men. Man, you got to bait your hooks. Somebody in here, come on, I went fishing with Mike Constantino. That joker fished for like 15 hours. I'm like, I ain't never going back again. But that dude's a fisherman. Right? You got to bait your hook. You got to be intentional. Hey, the fisherman, man, he's getting his lures out at night. He's figuring out what he's going to do. He's got his sonar. He's got his, his trolling motor. I mean, serious about catching fish. Recreational. I'm talking eternal right now. Do you carry the gospel soul winning script around with you? Do you have it with you? Do you keep this? This is so easy right here. If my eight-year-old daughter at the time can lead 12 people to the Lord with this, I went up to a lady, she shut me down. My daughter went up to her right after, and she's like, okay, baby, and she prayed the whole prayer. That's the truth. Mama, I'm going to tell you this. If you ever got the gospel soul winning script in you, you will win everybody to Jesus. I'm just telling you. I saw you at the funeral home. I saw you. She said, she like we had we had a predominantly Catholic funeral and uh, and I remember she's there and like all the people coming through and, and it was her sister that had passed and, and my mama's of, of course hugging and every single person she says I go to brother Butch's church it's called the river you need to come and, and visit and see what God is doing my mama just lays it on everybody lays it that's a soul winner right there Man, we brought, I remember uh, Nancy Louvier, Troy Bergalia's mama. She went out there. She won like 12 people to the Lord on the LSU outreach. 60 years old, man. She's out there with the fire of God telling people about Jesus. There are no barriers. There are no limits. Don't let the devil lie to you. This is for you. This is for me. And I'm going to accept that. We got to be intentional. Hallelujah. You can't let the spirit of the world. Hold you from being a witness. Hallelujah. So you got to practice and you got to prepare. I have practiced the gospel so in this grip. I have memorized it. I know it by heart. I can go up to anyone at any time and share the gospel so in this grip with them. Because you know why? Souls are that important. If a fisherman can work for hours preparing their boat, I can work for hours preparing somebody's life for eternity. You got to be intentional. Put that picture of that lady up, uh, Chris. I mean, uh, Tim. This lady right here, talking about being intentional. We went in this restaurant to witness to people. This is why we went in this restaurant. And so while we're going through the line, the line is packed with people. As I'm there, getting ready to make my order, I got to watch my wife because sometimes she'd be like, hurry up. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm going in for a landing. I check her out. She's good. I'm like, all right. And, man, I just looked at this woman, and I'm not kidding you. My heart started burning with love. And I didn't know what to say, y'all. I really didn't. But it just I looked at that hair. I said, the Lord says you're colorful. And, boy, I just went from now, and, like, it was just a flood came out of me. 
and, and like there's a bunch of people in line, so you got to like kind of go. And so I went, and we went and sat down. Well, she clocked out to come find us. She said, I'm sorry, can, can I get a hug? <laughs> come on. You know what? She wasn't hugging me. She was hugging Jesus, right? She was hugging Jesus. It was an amazing encounter. You got to be intentional. You know, there was a person, I don't know if y'all ever heard of Amy McPherson. Amy Simple McPherson, I think, was her name. What is it? Simple. Simple McPherson, yeah. She was an actor, okay? And what she would do in the streets of L.A. was amazing. She would get a chair, run in the street, put a chair in the middle of the street, and she would start doing theatrics in the street. And a crowd of people would gather around her. And all of a sudden, she would grab the chair and take off running into the auditorium. And all the people would chase her into the auditorium because they want to see the rest of the act. And then when they get in there and they get seated, she'd start preaching Jesus to them. And God would come and show up. And healings and manifestations of God's power would come. When you step out on the edge and you live in a creative format and in a creative posture, I believe it brings the glory of God. When you are inspirational to do God's will and creative, it draws the spirit of God. That's, that's, there was nothing special about her, man. She just made a decision. She was going to be intentional about souls. Put that other picture up. This was... A couple of years ago, it was a couple of years ago in New Orleans, my wife and I were down there. We Somebody blessed us with a place right in the French Quarter on charters. And then somebody blessed us with like $500 to go. Like we didn't have money for this. So like God just kissed us, man. And so I was so excited that God like touched me. What am I going to do with that gift? Just go suck it all up for myself, right? And so we get down there, man, and I'm just so in love with Jesus, right? And this guy, this street performer, he's on the corner of, like, uh, Royal Street. And I can't remember what the other street was, like, right in the heart of the French Quarter, like, one street away from Bourbon Street. And he's singing, like, Otis Redden. I mean, he's, like, going with Adele. I mean, this dude is amazing. And so I go down there. I was so itching to get down there. I was so ready to finish my meal. I was like, John, we got to go talk to that guy. I said, man, I said, do you know any spiritual songs? Anything. He's like, I know one verse about Jesus. I said, sing it. So he goes, <laughs> so he starts singing this verse. We're talking about being intentional. We're talking about being creative. We're talking about creating an atmosphere, right? I, so I said, hey, amen, sing it, sing it, just sing it. And dude, when he starts singing, the anointing fell on that corner. Whoo! Wow, people! I remember one girl was coming down the street, and she was mad, boy. You could tell she just got in a fight with her boss, and she. And then all of a sudden, the closer she get, her whole countenance starts changing because the glory just fell. And I said, "Come on, baby, we about to pray for some people." And so we were intentional. And man, I, I don't know how many people we prayed for, but we prayed for like multiple, multiple people. We just shared the gospel. We shared the love of Jesus with. We led them to the Lord. They prayed with us right there, man. You can do this. Listen, you can do this. Put the next picture up. Some of our other outreaches. I don't know if you know who that is, Lacey. Power of God's touching this young man right here. Lacey, Mama Lacey, she grabs those young men and she just uh, puts that Jesus on them. That was an outreach in the mall. 
Next picture. That's right, Tyron and Drew lighting it up for Jesus in the mall of Louisiana right there. Come on, come on. Listen, if 12-year-olds can do it, you can do it. I can do it, amen? Next picture. Check this out. So where's Aaron at, uh, Andrew? Oh, she's sick. Like, so, like, Aaron witnessed to this girl right here. What's her name? Shadell. Aaron witnesses this girl. This girl comes to our church, right? And then we're in New Orleans. Like, here we go. God's picking people up and moving them again. We're in New Orleans, and we run into this girl, and John and Lacey prays for her, and it was a divine encounter. You don't know how important your witness is. Our witness, I'm telling you, is everything. Your testimony is everything. Your holiness is everything. We got to be intentional. I got any more pictures beyond that? That's it. Okay. All right. Number two, we're going to go a little faster because I'm running out of time. Somebody asked me one time, they said, hey, Brother Kevin, you witness every day? I said, no, but I want to. <laughs> I do. And that's the posture of being intentional. You understand? You are, you're ready, you're cocked, and you're loaded. God put somebody in front of me today. I want to share your love. I'm telling you, this has been a key for me in sobriety and in overcoming the drug addiction that I was in. God gave me this as a tool, as a key. He's like, son, you get out there. You like risk. You like living on the edge. I'm going to show you how to live in the edge on my, in my presence and on my glory and in my fire. And that's what keeps me clean, man, because I'm an edge liver. I don't know about you, but I like, and, and, and here's the thing. If you're not doing that, you'll grow cold and stagnant in this church. And you, you'll get, you'll be like, when is the message going to be over with? When can I get home? But when you just invited somebody to church and they sit right next to you, you're like, Pastor, preach, preach, preach. And you're like, everybody in the church is important. When you bring a, a guest, you're like, ooh, I got to get that person you didn't want to talk to last week. You knew they had something for the other person. You know, like you go and grab them. It changes the whole continuity. Number two. Number one is you got to be intentional. Number two, you got to speak. And on the Sabbath day, we went out to the city, to the riverside, where prayer was customarily made, and we sat down and spoke to the woman who met there, to the women who met there. I got to catch my breath. Well, I'm going to be sucking and blowing in a little bit. I had a lady one time, she came up to me. I was, I was on my uh, porch at Superior when I, I had my office was in Plaquemine. And uh, she comes up to me. She goes, and she hand me like some Jehovah's Witness track. I'm like, Danny. I mean, I'm not saying that won't work. I'm not saying handing somebody a track won't. People have been saved by tracks, okay? But really, the Bible says, preach, speak, share. You have to say something. You have to get it out of your mouth. You got to get it out of your heart and out of your mouth. Believe it or not, it is a challenge. I know it is a challenge. 
and, and, and I live this stuff, y'all. I'm not just preaching something that I don't live. I live this, and I deal with the struggle. I deal with the war. It's on a daily basis, and many times I feel defeated, but I don't let it stop me. And what I've learned is when the devil is taunting me, when the fear is trying to get on me, I know God has set me up for a breakthrough tomorrow for somebody else. I might have not said it right today, but guess what? Tomorrow's coming, and there's a God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow who's going to be with me until the end of the age we got to speak we got to say something I remember I was in this tiger mania in Baton Rouge and it was this woman behind the counter and and I we, we were in there shopping and and we were getting ready to check out and the lady I was like oh my god I gotta tell her about and like literally I couldn't say nothing like nothing would come out of my mouth and I'm like okay and I was like, I was like starting to breathe hard, man. And all of a sudden, I went, Jesus. Like, it was so awkward. It was so strange. It was so weird, right? Okay, and so I just, I say this thing to this woman. And she's like. And I was like, Whew. When I said Jesus, y'all, there's power in the name. Okay, so when I said Jesus, it unlocked me. Boom! And then all of a sudden, it just started coming out like a flood. But I couldn't get anything out. I didn't even know what to say. Like, I had no words. I, it wasn't like I had, the Lord has given me a word. It wasn't like that. I had nothing. But what, what I had is a heart that was burning in love. And, you know, I've been asking the Lord. I said, Lord, give me a gift. Lord, I want a gift. I want a, a, a Sean Bowes gift, a Todd White gift. Give me some gifts, Lord. And I just keep feeling like I'm hearing the Lord saying, I am the gift. Just preach me, son. Just preach me. Because I want something that's going to wow people and amaze them and make the atheist and the unbeliever just preach Jesus. You just keep preaching me and watch what I'm going to do. But you got to speak. You got to speak. Holly, I feel like many people are constipated in their mouth. All right? I, I hate to give that analogy like that, but, but I really feel like that's really what was happening. Like, we want to do it. We want to share like, come on, guys, let's be honest. Like, how many times you walk up to somebody and, and you, you want to say something, but you don't? And then that becomes the norm. That becomes the norm. But that impulse never changes. That's, that impulse is put there by God. What would it look like if you said something to every single person? What, listen, Todd White, what he does, man, it, it's not earth-shattering. He goes up to people and like, Jesus loves you. That's it, man. Can you say that? I think I can say it. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. I don't know what to say. Jesus loves you. You're going to hit one when you say Jesus loves you. It's going to go off like a Roman candle, and that's your assignment. We got to speak. We got to get, we need some, we need some, um, Metamucil. Spiritual Metamucil, right? Y'all, I was sharing. I was sharing with a lady who was in council, and she told me this. She said, look, I'm dating this guy, and she says, but I don't want to take him to my church because my church is radical. It's not this church, another church. Because they, I'm talking like like we radical, but the, this church that she's talking about is, is even another level, okay? And, I mean, like, they got the flags, and, I mean, like, they, it's, like, on, and it's real prophetic, and you won't understand a lot if you're an unbeliever coming. So she's dating this guy, new to the faith, and, and I said, oh, I get it. I said, you don't want to make him feel uncomfortable. And then she tells me this. She says, no, I don't want to take him to church because I don't want to feel uncomfortable. She said, really, I feel bound. I won't raise my hands, and 
I won't worship God. I said, that ain't right. I said, that is not right. You cannot let somebody else hold you from worshiping and doing the will of God, what God has put in your heart. But yet in the realm of soul winning and sharing our faith, we do it all the time, all the time. We're concerned about what somebody's going to think about us. And really what it does is it limits us from the fullness that God's trying to put. This is the next level for this church right here. You can share your faith. You can preach Jesus. You can share your testimony. You can do it. You were made to do it. You were born to do it. God has anointed you to do it. And God wants you to do it. What are we waiting for, church? Man, I remember a time I was, I was constipated with worship. And so I'd come in here, you know, and praise and worship would be going on. And I'd be over here like, but I wanted to dance. I wanted to run. Like Aaron hit that run the other day around the church. Man, that like almost exploded this place. You know, I like that because it run makes the religious devils leave. You know what I mean? I want freedom in the house of God. If I come to God's house and I can't be free, what is that? Come on, somebody. And so... And so I remember I was struggling with this. And uh, I don't know if y'all know Don D. Wall. He came here, man. And the dude can dance, right? This dude can dance. Like this white boy got the moves, you heard? And so he's up in here. Man, he's doing his little dance. I was like, you ain't about to come up in my church and I'll dance me before my God up in here. You know what I'm saying? So I never forget when I saw him in here, I broke. You know what I had to do was an act of obedience. I had to step out. And, boy, I'm telling you, I ain't had no moves. I used to do the Carlton dance back in the day. But, man, I'm telling you, that thing hit me. I started jumping and leaping and twirling. And I don't even know what I did. But I know what I did. I got free that day. And I ain't never been the same ever since. And it's going to be like that. When you start speaking your faith to people, you're going to be like, oh, my God. I never knew that the fire of God would go through me. And I could reach people like this. Every one of us are called to speak on behalf of God. Put that picture up. Put that picture up of Skunk. Yeah, Skunk. That guy's name is Skunk. So I'm walking down 3rd Street in Baton Rouge, and uh, I'm just walking, Me, I, I think Roberto and Stella was with us, and we're just walking down the road, and this guy's like the bouncer at the door. And I don't know, I just turned around, I just went, I said, man, Jesus, look. I didn't even think about it. That's where we need to get, guys, where we don't even think about it. I want to be already witnessing when I'm thinking about it. Oh, my God, what did I just do? You know, but it's too late. I didn't cross the line. And that's what I did with him. And look, it was so awesome because I'm preaching Jesus to him in the front door of a bar, and people are passing by. with it. They couldn't even get around us. They had to hear the gospel to get into the bar. You know what I mean? And so I prayed with this guy. He received Jesus, man. And, uh, and like, people like, uh, somebody posting on Facebook because they knew me. They's like, hey, skunk, you gave your life to Jesus tonight because they saw me on a picture? Because <laughs> I pray for that other person too. You got to open your mouth, man. You got to talk. And listen, guys, it doesn't have to be difficult. All right? I'm gonna, on, on this point, I'm going to finish with this. Just be you, right? And be perspective, perspective, perceptive. Like, I was in a gym the other day, and this guy was doing some crazy muscle groups. That was my point of contact with him. I said, man, why are you doing those, those big muscle groups? Like, all that at the same time. And then he started talking. While he was talking, this is what I heard. He's a soldier. I was like, oh, 
You don't want this one, Holy Ghost. And so I just keep talking. I conversate to the gospel. There has to be a crossover. So you have to figure out in your own personality, right? You have to learn this. In your, I like, I've talked to hundreds, if not thousands of people. You have to learn how to take it from natural to a spiritual conversation. You, and I call it the bridge. It's the bridge. And one of the things that I do, I love to do, and it works 90% of the time, I will ask people, I'll say, what do you do for a living? They tell you, and then you hit the silent treatment. But you just keep looking at them. All right, what do you do for a living? Ha! Now I got you. Now I got you. You know, I'll be like, hey, I'm a remodeler by day, but I'm a soul winner by night. Let me tell you about Jesus right there. Boom. And I'll just start talking about God. Or I'll say, I'm a remodeler by day. I work in a construction field by day. But at night, I'm telling people about Jesus. That's just what I do. That's just one of the things that I do. Another thing I do, I'll say this. While you're talking in conversation, are you much of a church-going person? Are you much of a church-going? I'll ask that question. Why do I ask that question? I, I really, really, I don't really care if they go to church. I'm just trying to build the bridge to start talking about spiritual things. Another thing I do, when people are talking, I'm listening for a need. I'm listening for a way to come in with the gospel. Well, my brother was addicted to drugs, and, and boy, if they start going off on that, that's my, that's my end. I'm going to start talking about drugs. Man, I was a cocaine addict for 18 years, but let me tell you what happened. God came into my life, and he changed my life, and his power is still living in me and working in me today. Man. And so you're going to get better at it. You just have to start practicing. We have to be intentional, and we have to open our mouth. And here's the thing. The faith will come. Just talk. Begin to talk, and the faith will come. The Lord spoke to me, and I'm gonna, I'll am i get this in point three. Let's go to point three. Did I have any more pictures? Oh, that was it. Y'all, I'm about to get y'all out of here. I promise. All right, number three, prayer. And the Sabbath day, we went out to the city, to the riverside, where prayer was customarily made we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. I was praying the other day, and I heard the Lord say in my heart, I heard this. He said, son, he said, when you talk about me standing, stand in a posture of faith, expecting me to do something. I was like, oh, I ain't been doing that. I've just been talking to talk. I've had that happen. I got so used to just like almost like just to do the thing, you know. But the Lord reminded me, he's like, hey, son, when you stand and talking to somebody about me, you stand in a posture of faith. You know, I, I used to have this thing where I didn't want to be threatening to people. But God is like, no, man, you, you need to stand in confidence. You need to stand that I'm going to do something. Every time you share your words, my word with people, I'm going to show up. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to happen without prayer. The Bible, you see right here, Paul was going to the place of prayer. Prayer is so important if we're going to share our faith because what's in you is going to come out of you. If I watched five or six hours of football, I'm going to be in the lobby talking about the LSU game last night, okay? That's what's going to come out of me because that's what's in me. But if I'm in five or six hours of prayer, guess what's going to come out of me? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be the revelation. It's going to be the encounter. It's going to be what, what happened to me. So if I'm standing in front of somebody, guess what? What's in me is going to come out of me. The other thing is you get the burden of the Lord in prayer. You get the burden of the Lord. I was in, I was in prayer a few weeks ago, and, and I'm praying, and I, and I just, you got you to gotta watch what you say to God. I'm just saying. And I said, I said, Lord, what's your heart? 
I said, Lord, what's your heart? And man, I saw it so clear, so clear. This is uh, the, the weekend before the 4th of July. God had blessed us with a beautiful weekend where we just had a restful, restful time. And, and I find on the heels of that, God speaks to me. When I get into a place of rest or a posture of receptivity, God speaks to me. And, and so I was talking to God and I said, God, what's your heart? And I saw it. I saw the 4th of July uh, in Plaquemine, all those people out there. And the minute I saw it in prayer, the burden of the Lord came on me. And I didn't know what to do because pastor had pronounced, look, the month of June and July are months of prayer. Like we're not doing, we're not going out. We're not. So I didn't even try to come and, you know, gather up the troops. I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I kept feeling like the Lord wanted to show me something. And so 4th of July rolls around, and I'm, and I'm kind of, to be honest with you, I'm battling the thing whether I'm going to go or not, but the burden of the Lord is on me. And so I'm like, I call old faithful Chris Graham, and I'm like, Chris, I was like, you want to go so win it with me? He has never told me no, not one time. Every time I call him, he's like, yeah, I think we can do that. I was like, all right, I'll be at your house. So me and Chris went out amongst about 5,000 people, and you know, it's just me and him. And we're out there. All I got is a feeling. Listen to me. All I got is an impression that God wants me out there, right? But like, I don't know why I'm out there or, or what I'm out there for. And so we, we, I was like, Chris, let's, let's get, it's like sometimes hard to get the prom, get the pump prom, you know what I mean? So I'm looking for somebody easy. Like, look, who can I get? I'm about, to, I'm about to witness to this four-year-old child or something. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to get the prom, get the pump prom. And so, and then I just said, no, 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 no. We're going to grab these 10 boys right here, 10, 10 young men, like 20 years old. We grab them guys. And man, I say, hey. And look, once you do hey, ain't no turning back from now, all right? You start, and every single one of those guys are staring at me. but I've been in prayer. Are you hearing me? When I opened my mouth, the glory of God came. All 10 of those boys received Christ. Boom! And then we got bold, huh, Chris? After that happens, you can win anybody to the Lord. You know what I mean? Then we got another 10-pack. And then we prayed for those guys. We prayed salvation for 24 people to receive Christ. Just me and Chris. And we prayed for about 30 people in the span of about two hours. And listen, it wasn't like we were striving. We were just like flowing and going. And at one point, the town that I have been so intimidated with by fear, the town of Plaquemine, where I grew up, okay, where I know how I was judged for the things that I've done, okay, where I felt dirty, where I felt like it was impossible. All of a sudden, Chris and I are walking down at the 4th of July, and I look at the people, and in that moment, I see God bigger than any resistance that this world has to throw at me. In that moment, God was building my faith, and from that came this message. God downloaded this message into me, and from that, a family member Watch this. When you start practicing sharing your faith, 
the boldness of God will get on you. And that which was impossible before in faith will become possible. A family member who has rejected me for almost 10 years, every time I tell him the gospel, he really shuts me down. On the heels of that, coming back, the power of God on me. He was at my house. And man, I'm telling you, God showed up. You was with me, Lacey. And it was amazing what God did. Something I couldn't do before because I was obedient and went out and done it. God touched him. And I'm believing for my family to be saved. How many of y'all want your family saved? Amen. Sometimes when you go out and you tell others about Jesus, God will save your family. Number four, and we'll close with this. I'm 10 minutes over. Y'all forgive me. Number four, and when, because listen, I really, okay, never mind. All right. Number four, follow through. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. So we've got to follow through with the encounters. If we do one, two, and three, if we're intentional, if we speak and open our mouth, it's going to happen. And if we're in prayer, all three of those ingredients will have people telling us and will have people begging us, hey, can you come to my house and stay with me? That's where this church is going. I declare it tonight. What didn't work before today, what didn't work before is going to work when you start opening your mouth, when you start seeking the Lord, and when you put a priority, or we put a priority, rather, on evangelism. For me too, man. Does anyone, anybody in here see themselves sharing their faith this week, opening their mouth, speaking to others about Jesus, sharing your testimony. Would you stand with me, please? I would never talk about Jesus. I would never talk about the way of the cross. I would never talk about soul winning if I didn't talk about salvation because it's the most important thing. I was a lost sinner on drugs, no way out, broke, almost divorced. I didn't even know if my kids even wanted to be around me. And God saved me and changed my life. And the most beautiful thing is I have Jesus in my life, in my heart. And he is my strength and he is my power. And I live on the bread of him every day. If you're here today and you're not sure if you died today where you would go, you're not sure if you would spend eternity in heaven or hell. This is what it's all about. This is why Jesus came to earth. Every eye closed, every head bowed. While I'm praying, while I'm talking, I want you right now to think in your heart, if you died today, where would you spend eternity? Hell is a real place. It's a real place. Jesus Christ has paid the price to give you heaven. My question to you today is, do you have Jesus? My question to you today is, are you eternally secured? If you died, would you go to heaven? What does your heart say? If you're in this place right now and you would say, Pastor Kevin, I'm not sure where I would go if I died, but I want to know, would you please slip your hand up where I can see it? Nobody else is looking. Please slip your hand. Please slip your hand. I see your hand. Good, good. God is moving. That's right. Anybody else? If you're in here today and you are not sure where you would go, if you died, I see your hand. I see your hand. Good, good. Listen, I'm telling you today, God loves you. God wants to save you. And you do not, you are not the property of Satan today. 
The fact that you raise your hand tells me, testifies that you want to be saved, that you want to be changed. Would everybody pray this prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Do something new in my heart. Change me. Grace me. Bless me with your love and your power so that I can repent and serve you all the days of my life. I am now a soul winner and I will carry the torch of your name to all the people in my circle of influence now and forever. Amen. If you're here today and you say to me, Pastor Kevin, I've been struggling, sharing my faith. Uh, Brother Mike, would you come up and help me pray for people? Uh, Brother Jay, come on up. And, and, and you would say to me today, like, I want to share my faith, but something is holding me back. Like, I feel like there is something around my neck keeping me from sharing my faith. We want to pray for you this morning. We want to release the power of God's fire into you that's going to loose your tongue and you will see the results of God not only in your life but in those that you come in contact with and you will make an eternal difference. Now here's the deal. I want you right now, listen to me. Everybody.